Hello, and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Stop by their Lower Main Street Calicoon location to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're cooking in the kitchen. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and this is part one of our two-part year-in-review series. As another year ends and a new one is about to begin, we look back at some of the moments that helped to define 2022 in Sullivan County. Through 52 weeks and 104 editions of the Sullivan County Democrat, 2022 represents a year of consequence. It was a year that saw some major changes to local and state politics, a historic investment in environmental protection, as well as major economic development throughout our region. Although only a sampling of some of the big news in Sullivan County this year, the following events will surely impact the new year ahead. So let's start with redistricting and elections. New York State, like many government bodies, went through a redistricting process in 2022. The democratically controlled state legislature's initial maps, which had Sullivan County moving into the 17th Congressional District, among other things, were thrown out by the courts, who said they were drawn with, quote, impermissible partisan purpose. New maps were created by an appointed special master, and locally this meant Sullivan County moved back into the 19th Congressional District, where a special election was held once Antonio Delgado was appointed as lieutenant governor. The special election was won by Pat Ryan in August, However, when the new lines took effect, he was in the new New York 18th. Republican Mark Molinaro was elected as our new New York 19 representative this past November, defeating challenger Josh Riley. There were also some notable changes in the state Senate. Once the lines were redrawn, Sullivan County was in the 51st state Senate district and is now represented by Peter Oberacher, who was just re-elected to a second term. There were a few changes with assembly districts for the time being, as Aileen Gunther was re-elected to represent most of Sullivan County in the 100th Assembly District. Brian Marr was elected to represent the 101st Assembly District, which now, which has always included the town of Neversink. And Joe Angelino was re-elected in the 121st Assembly District, which now includes the town of Fremont. Election day was noteworthy, as members of the public and several poll inspectors lamented long lines and the need for more equipment, with some saying they knew some people who left and didn't vote. The county legislature has since discussed the situation and noted that they've had conversations with the Board of Elections to address concerns that were raised. Switching to another top story, there was great public concern after news broke last January that the New York State Department of Health would be leaving their North Street Monticello location and instead relocating to Orange County by the end of spring. A spokesperson for the DOH told the Democrat at the time that the decision to move the office, which served Sullivan County and had around 21 employees, was due to, quote, difficulty in finding office space in the Monticello area, a claim since challenged by county and elected officials. New York State Department of Health District offices enforce regulations that protect the public's health, safety, and environment related to food, water, and indoor air quality in restaurants, camps, pools, beaches, hotels, motels, fairgrounds, for 21 county cities in New York State that do not deliver that service. They also investigate concerns about hazardous or unhealthy conditions in and around homes and workplaces. It was later announced in the spring that the DOH would not leave until at least the end of the summer, which is when the area is busiest. More recently, county officials who claimed that they were reassured by the DOH that services would not be impacted announced that the DOH would maintain a smaller office with about four or five employees, mostly administrative staff, on the county's Liberty campus. Shifting into another topic, the opioid epidemic was once again a big topic in 2022, and likely for many more years to come, with officials reporting how about 20% of deaths in the county each month on average could be contributed, attributed to the crisis. There's also been talk about the rise of fentanyl in the streets, 
how it is being marketed as every other type of drug because it is so cheap and how deadly it can be. So many lives have been lost in the crisis, and a moving vigil was once again held on International Overdose Day at the end of August by Sullivan 180 to remember those no longer with us. While those on the front lines have reported little change, there are some encouraging signs. Money, settle, money from settlements with opioid manufacturers and distributors are starting to trickle in, and the Sullivan County Drug Task Force, who've worked tirelessly to address opioid issues, have presented on how they plan to use the funds to combat the epidemic. A couple of other big moments of note was the unveiling of the Bridge Back to Life Center, Inc.'s mobile treatment unit last January. It has been traveling across the county, bringing much-needed treatment directly to those who need it. Also this fall, Lexington Center for Recovery opened a methadone clinic, the first of its kind in the state, in Monticello at 26 Hamilton Avenue. They also announced plan to open a second clinic on the county's Liberty campus. The Hope Not Handcuffs initiative also continued to pick up steam, with local law enforcement buying in, and more people signing up to be angels to assist those seeking treatment. We will continue to cover the work of the Drug Task Force as well as their community and law enforcement partners as we head into the new year. To many in the region, protecting the environment takes great priority. In the pursuit of this, local environmental protection activists and groups celebrated earlier this year with the passing of the statewide Clean Air, Clean Water, and Green Jobs Environmental Bond Act. This bond act allocated $4.2 billion dedicated to various environmental projects throughout New York, preserving local open space, agricultural operations, and family farms, fend off communities against extreme weather, oppose climate change, and improve water infrastructure. Various environmental protection groups rallied around the promotion of the bond act prior to its passing. Although it is not guaranteed that Sullivan County will see any money being released into the state, a historic victory for all environmentalists around New York remains. Now to a different topic, the Second Amendment. New York saw many alterations to the historic gun laws over the course of the year, which continue to spark local discussion. In June, the Supreme Court of the United States issued a 6-3 ruling that dismantled a portion of New York's longstanding concealed carry law. This change decreed that requiring an applicant to show, quote, proper cause in order to legally obtain a license to carry a concealed carry was unconstitutional. Moving in response to SCOTUS's decision, as well as the mass shooting that took place in Buffalo, New York legislators passed new legislation, which was later signed into law by Governor Kathy Hochul. The updated state law changed the permitting process for concealed carry applications, established further restrictions for concealed carry in specific areas, which include public spaces, large events, public transport, and other, quote, sensitive places. It was reported by Sullivan County historian John Conway that the new laws also caused confusion and caution amongst local historical reenactors who would otherwise utilize muskets and other firearms for their events. According to Conway, multiple reenactments across the state had been canceled out of caution of the new laws. In Sullivan County, there were no cancellations of any events. However, it was reported that turnout numbers were affected. Now turning over to economic development, the proposed future of Kittatinny Canoes in Berryville Camp Fun is More Fun Outside, or FIMFO as it's called, was a topic of discussion that persisted throughout the year as the Town of Highland Planning Board meetings consistently were packed with residents and locals with their own opinions and thoughts on the project. Owned and overseen by Northgate Resorts, the original project included an outdoor recreational water playset for children, a mountain coaster ride, various campsites, as well as other amenities. It was also intended for the project to create roughly 89 full-time jobs, with nine of those being manager positions. At the time, it was expected to total around $2.5 million in wages. 
Despite receiving the backing from various individuals and organizations throughout the county, parts of the project received backlash from residents and locals concerning with the environment, financials, and cultural impacts of such a proposition. After receiving alterations to the layout plan, such as scrapping the mountain coaster ride idea, the project remains a hot topic of discussion before the various boards within the town of Highland, as well as residents of Berryville, as we head into 2023. That does it for today's part one of our year in review, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. You'll hear the second part later on this week. 